welcome back to Trending Tech and today we're going to be talking about hyperloops. So we'll just start with the basic question. What technically is, was supposed to be actually, a hyperloop? So a hyperloop is like a mode of transportation that was proposed by Elon Musk. So if I remember correctly, he kind of just like wrote this long ass paper about the hyperloop and he proposed it and said, oh, I don't have time to work on this too much. So anybody, any engineers or anybody who's interested, go ahead and go work on it. So this started like a little like a race, you could say, for different companies to sprout up and try to take on the challenge of making a hyperloop. So Elon Musk came up with this idea simply because he realized that the government of California was going to spend around $100 billion to build like a high-speed rail from um, Los Angeles to San Francisco. So he thought, oh, this is way too expensive. There's no reason for California to spend this much money. So he developed this system or mode of transportation called the Hyperloop. And it's estimated to take around $6 million dollars. However, that's probably a low ball because when, whenever Elon Musk usually puts out a number, it's usually a low ball. So, but still, it's not. It's a very far off from the hundred billion dollars that um, California is proposed to spend on the high-speed rail. So, the hyperloop is kind of a good idea because it would allow people to go from. Sorry, it would travel at around 700 miles per hour or around 1,126 kilometers per hour. So if you think about it, that's 10 times faster than what you would travel at when you were on the highway. So another thing about the Hyperloop is that it would be super, uh, super efficient and would allow um, people to go from San Francisco to Los Angeles in around 30 minutes. Oh, I just realized I said $6 million. Um, the actual proposed is $6 billion. Sorry about that. Um, so some companies working on this right now is, is um, the Hyperloop One, as well as the um, Ver- uh, Virgin. They also have their own Hyperloop section. And so how the Hyperloop would work, in essence, is that there would be like this little pod, like the ones you swallow, like a little pod, uh, capsule, and this would travel, uh, this would levitate, levitate um, above the ground. So just imagine like a little capsule levitating off, and then shooting across uh, a vacuum, so our near-perfect vacuum. So... The purpose of the vacuum would be to lower air resistance. So if you've ever stuck your hand out of a car while it's moving, you felt like the air hitting against you and like pushing you back. So that's in essence what he's trying to take out when he's um, proposing this vacuum state. Because the vacuum would allow the capsule to travel far faster than if the air was actually there because air is a big uh, source of resistance 
and a source of friction for the, uh, moving objects. So when you're going really slow, it doesn't really matter, but as you start to speed up, the friction caused by air resistance becomes much higher, and you, it can put... I mean, it can um, affect the moving vehicle or moving object a lot more, which is really helpful sometimes because if an asteroid is coming from space, the air it, since it's traveling so fast, the air resistance uh, would add friction to it and then burn it up. That's a real. That's it's a good thing. However, it can also limit how fast we can go because air resistance would take up a lot of energy to overcome. Um. Another thing is, I also mentioned that it would levitate. So the purpose of the levitation would be so that um, it doesn't come into contact with the ground, which is also a major f source of r friction. So if you think about a car roll, um, skidding or rolling um, the with, the, with the ground, you can see that the ground slows down the car. Um, if it's ever skidding, because this is caused by friction. However, if you're trying to go as fast as possible, this friction wouldn't really be helpful and would like stop the car. So in this case, uh, stop the capsule. So magnetic repulsion would be a good way to keep um, uh, the car, f the capsule, from hitting the ground. So, but another like property that comes from these two things working is that it would take really low energy to keep the hyperloop going because the hyperloop once you give it some energy it would keep going without stopping so in our everyday lives when we push an object it usually stops right away well this is because of friction however since the friction would be so low inside the um chamber, I mean inside the tunnels that the capsule will travel in, that they're, even giving a little push would allow it to go for kilometers at that same speed, and then slowing down, slow, um, slowing down because of the minute levels of air resistance and friction that it would encounter while traveling. So it's not going to be a perfect system, however, it's, it, would be, it would do a lot better than conventional systems that we have um, in place, such as trains, cars, and even airplanes, since the um, air resistance would be a lot lower. So it would take a lot less energy to keep the uh, capsule going. So you might be thinking, but like, why do we need to spend even... This, why, do we, why do we even care about this? So the first thing, as I mentioned before, take a lot less energy. So as global warming and greenhouse gases becomes a constant problem for all of us, if by allowing the Hyperloop to take less energy than conventional modes of transportation, the Hyperloop is actually benefiting us in terms of greenhouse gases since it'll create a lot less greenhouse gases, become more energy efficient, and so we'll have that energy to use for something else and hopefully add less to the greenhouse emissions that's happening on the Earth. Because pretty soon it'll reach a point where we can't control it and might be, and it might cause a, a lot of catastrophes around the world. 
So another thing that the Hyperloop would solve is the con congestion problem. So as cities start to urbanize and people um, start to come into the city, this congestion congestion problem is actually becoming major issues, such as in Australia, where in Melbourne or in Sydney, um, the rate at which people are coming in and um, buying cars, living in the cities is a is getting um, higher and higher than the city can accommodate for it. So it's the city can't build enough buildings, enough infrastructure for these people to come in and actually um, sustain them. So the Hyperloop would help because it would provide a mode of transportation that would be really cheap and allow for very efficient travel. So by reducing the congestion, people would use their the people who still use their cars on the road would find less traffic and have a more what you could say um better uh, tra um travels I would say. So there's actually a lot of research on how because of traffic, the greenhouse emissions goes up because you stop unnecessarily. So, but then if there's like some accident and you're all congested and you stopped even though there's not a red light, so this would add to greenhouse gases as you're stopping for no apparent reason where you sh you should only be stopping at red lights and if there's like um like suddenly suddenly runs across the road, so that those would be probably the only instances. However, because of traffic, people are stopping a lot more, and they're stopping for a lot longer. And overall, it's not a pleasant experience, so the Hyperloop would help relieve the stress on the infrastructures of cities that can't handle this mass migration of people from rural areas to, into urban areas. So, these are just some of the considerations that take place when you're thinking of why some uh, cities and countries would need a Hyperloop. However, the Hyperloop isn't like a end-all, be-all solution for all types of travels. Of obviously, for short distances, a car, bicycle, skateboard, or whatever, if it's, if it's really short, these modes of transportation would help. But if it's for moderate to almost long distances, and the Hyperloop would probably be the most efficient mode of transportation. However, if you're like crossing the ocean, going to like Japan from America, then of course a plane would be a lot more efficient. However, if you're going for Los Angeles... Hey, I just realized my audio just cut, so I'm just gonna start back to where I was uh, talking about. So, I was talking about how... The Hyperloop would be ideal for moderate to long distances, such as going from Los, Allen, Los Angeles to San Francisco. So this would just be one of the many examples at which the Hyperloop would be efficient at. So another thing I wanted to mention was how people have thought about in implementing solar panels on the Hyperloop to reduce its energy even further. So putting it along the tunnels so that it can be used for the Hyperloop so the Hyperloop won't use external energy that, such as like coal powered or nuclear power it would just use solar powered which is a renewable source of energy 
And I just wanted to end it off by saying that in the Hyperloop is essential for humanity to move forward in our path to reducing our greenhouse gases and becoming a more energy efficient society. Because without this development in energy efficient and uh, reduced greenhouse gases, we won't have the future that we desire. So to, to become more, what would you say? Be more thoughtful of what our future entails if we keep going on the path that we will. That's why the things like the Hyperloop that help us become more like the future that we want to live in are really important and they shouldn't be overlooked. Thank you for listening.